My name is Rich Baker, and this is Living the Dream. Ding! I like this. <laughs> I speak with the people who make their living in the world of arts and entertainment. Three colleges, six majors, one summer late I graduated. Big thank you to Phil Ranta, CEO of the Comedy Podcast Network. Timber. I have timber. enough timber we in the fire. Timber. I have Justin enough sticks timber in the campfire. The artwork's by Tom Burns. The music's by Diana Lawrence. Paul Rudd is going to knock on my porthole and be like... Email me if you got questions, suggestions, just want to say hi. Living the Dream Podcast at Gmail. Bonk me on the head with a baseball bat and say, get real, kind of whole new You can rate the show on iTunes or review the show on iTunes. Uh, go to Facebook.com slash Living the Dream Podcast. These things help me out. I appreciate it. That's what happens when you get in your 30s. Your timeline gets screwy. <laughs> this is episode number 50, actress, improviser, Megan Hovde. Living the Dream, my name is Rich. I'm here with Megan Hovde, professional actor, improviser for The Second City, currently writing with me on the Norwegian Star. Megan, thank you for being on the show. Thank you for having me, Rich. You're very uh, nice to do this. Uh, so you've been doing this uh, Second City improv thing for a while now, right? Yes. Uh, let's see. Well, I... Thir- almost 13 years. Th- 13 years. Wow. Yeah. Your your career is going through puberty right now. It absolutely is. That is probably the most accurate way to describe my career I've ever heard right now. Thank you. That's uh, perfect. No uh, so, is how long, I mean, we all started probably, I assume, the same way in classes and everything, but at mm-hmm. what point did you uh, stop needing a day job and start just doing the acting thing? Oh, good question. I, you know, I am sort of a worrier, so I have kept more lines of financial gain open than I maybe have needed to at certain points. So I've always tried to keep multiple things in the air, but I would say I stopped, I considered Second City my full-time employment probably in 2005 or six. Okay, well, I mean, that's still, that's that's a healthy amount of time Yeah. uh, to be doing it. What was the... Like, was there this thing that just made you go, okay, I don't need to work at Starbucks or wherever anymore? Like, was there, like, a defining moment? No. See, that's what I'm, wait- <laughs> that's what I'm waiting for. Okay. Um, what, what did it was necessity when I was touring with Second City. Eventually, it just became too hard. I was working at California Pizza Kitchen, Ooh. which I still love to eat Yum. there, even though I worked there for a long time because it's delicious. Uh, and I eventually, I just couldn't juggle keeping them happy and the schedule of touring so i had i stopped yeah yeah and when you say touring you were in one of the three touring companies so you were busy like a lot yeah redco i was on redco redco twice Uh, two different times for those that don't know second city labels them green red and blue yeah just that doesn't mean anything right it's just a distinguished right no it's just yeah it's just a distinguished like you're all like we're like the stoplight like stop red yeah or communism. Yeah, or communism, which is a good theory, but doesn't work because there's greedy people. Yeah, right? It'd be hard to make a living as an actor as a communist. That's probably true. Uh, so, d- was it scary when you had to quit the job? Yeah, uh, yes, because then you're just always looking at numbers. I, I had a, I, I said to myself when I was touring, Turco, don't do the math, was always my, like, <laughs> mantra, because if you really started crunching numbers, it was not good. <laughs> it's not good. <laughs> because, like, even though you're touring the country, and in some cases the world, mm-hmm. uh, like, I, I don't think a lot of people realize that you're not making a million bucks doing that. Not quite I mean, a million. <laughs> almost. A million pesos. Yeah. Uh, but it's like, you know... <laughs> 
it's touring's the equivalent of like for regular jobs kind of being almost on the ground floor right yeah absolutely and i i think it was significant part-time work is how probably financially you could think of it like it was significant part-time work yeah that takes a full-time commitment so you're constantly trying to figure out then what else can i do to make sure that i'm making enough money and but keeping my momentum going and all that so it's definitely juggling yeah so at uh at what point uh did you finally go okay i'm no longer scared about the math you know i've got enough irons in the fire and stuff like that how how did you get to that point tba (laughs) (laughs) no i would say uh i would say i probably two years ago three years ago i Uh probably stopped feeling like uh is this gonna work yeah because i had enough things happening that's cool yeah uh and as a full-time actress uh Mm -hmm. You know, because what we don't have, and a lot of people don't realize, is we don't have necessarily health insurance. Yes. Uh, we don't have, like, necessarily exactly know where our next paycheck's coming. A lot uh, of faith. Yeah. A lot of faith. A lot and of just something will happen, hopefully. As a self-proclaimed warrior. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, how does that work in your head? It's it's really terrible. I never should have gone into this line of work. <laughs> um, it really doesn't jive with my way of thinking um, because I really like to plan. Mm. Um, I guess maybe that's not true, but no, it is true. I'm a, I'm probably a weird combination of of wanting to plan but also wanting things to be to change all the time. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I I don't know how I make. I just I remind myself not to worry when I can. Mm. I feel really good when I get stuff that helps me not worry for longer periods of time. Like a cruise ship. <laughs> like a cruise ship is a great way to just get some money in and make sure you have stuff going in. I also have gotten really good at minimizing other costs so that I can try and worry less. Yeah. You know, I don't know. So let's go back then. Uh, how did someone like you get into this whole thing called acting and comedy in the first place? So begrudgingly. So <laughs> So reluctantly. Yeah, you were forced into it, <laughs> kicking and screaming. Kind of. I kind of was. Like, but only within myself. Like, okay. there was a huge dramatic battle within myself that myself won. And, um, well, you know, my brother is in the same business, and he... Uh, you're actually the first uh, sibling I've ever interviewed. Great. Because I interviewed your brother already. He did him first because he's older. God, Story of my life. Really. <laughs> um, yeah, and uh, Matt started doing it first so i saw what he was doing um but we both did theater all growing up he might have said all this i don't know i, don't I didn't know. i didn't listen. I'm, I'm not interested in him right now okay good uh so we might i might be repeating but we both did theater growing up like community theater okay high school theater all of that uh when i was in high school i made the proclamation that i would never go into this entertainment field because i didn't want to go into a field where you could work can I swear on here? <laughs> yeah, oh, it's the internet. You can do anything. Can I work my ass off? That I could work my ass off. Um, How dare you say that? I know, probably the worst swear you've ever heard. Oh, no. Ass. Ass. A dollar okay. sign dollar sign okay, is what fine. I just said. So you didn't want to go into- I didn't want to do something where you could work super hard and be really good and never hit, meet success was my thought. So yeah. I decided to be a lawyer. <laughs> I was going to be a lawyer. You were? Mm-hmm. And what's, like, how far did that go? Uh... About three months of pre-law written down on my, like, major declaration form okay. in college. Yeah. Um, Did you actually take any of the pre-law classes? I took some. I took an anthropology class. I was okay. going to actually major in anthropology and be pre-law was the idea. Okay. But I changed majors six times. 
within, nice. yeah, within my college career. All searching for what I loved, but really what I loved was acting. Do you remember all six? Um, I think so. I started anthropology pre-law. Um, I don't might not get the order correct, although I sort of would like ping pong between something artsy and something sciencey, because I'd be like I'd take like all these like liberal arts classes, and then I'd be like oh, I miss science, and then I'd take science, and I'd be like I miss English, and then I'd go back. Um, but so anthropology pre law, I was um, athletic training and physical education. Um, with that's three. Uh, English was my major for a little bit. Uh, Occupational therapy was a, a long one. That was okay. about a year. I was uh-huh. technically pre-occupational therapy. Um, and then my degrees in history. <laughs> all right. Uh, yeah. That's cool. Uh, yeah. And throughout all that, the summation of these six jumping around points was acting? Yeah. All yep. Right. <laughs> By the time I graduated from college, I knew that I wanted to go into acting um, but I loved history and I needed to finish. So I was like, oh, that sounds great. Those, <laughs> those classes sound really fun. So I just picked history. And Nice. Were you doing like school plays or auditioning for stuff while you were in college? A very, very little bit. Not much at all. Okay. Um, I, I took at UIC. So I transferred from University of Kansas to University of Illinois at Chicago mm-hmm. via Wabonzi Community College okay. for a semester. Um, three colleges, six majors, one summer late, I graduated. That's pretty good. I like it. Um, yeah, so I went to UIC and I took theater classes there. Oh, nice. And auditioned for maybe one or two things. I didn't get anything, um, but I took a bunch of theater classes. Okay. Did you always know that comedy specifically was how you wanted to act? Again, I am a strange combination of (laughs) comedy and tragedy, preference um i did a play in high school called blythe spirit okay where i was the only senior cast in a cast of juniors uh-huh. it's very interesting all right and i played edith which is the maid and she's a, a fun funny role and oh, cool. there was a moment where i was on stage by myself balancing a tray and i realized that the audience was laughing at me and that I could control their laughter. <laughs> and that that's probably one of the few like moments, literal moments in my life where I was like, ding, I like this. <laughs> People are laughing at me. Yeah. More. I can control them. Yeah. Um, oh, so you're just power hungry. Yes. That's what it is. Okay. And I see what I need to go for. If someone seems like I can control them with laughter, I do that. If I can control them with tears, I do that. All right. Fair. So it's all, it's all about control. Uh, it is. Uh, what uh, what were some of the like? Okay, so you University of Illinois Chicago. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I'm assuming you s- just stayed in Chicago after that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how did Second City come into the fray? Um, so when I was in college, um, the whole time I was in college, my brother Matt had moved to Chicago and started doing Second City stuff. Okay. He started taking classes when I started college, so I would see his shows and. and I had crushes on all his friends and liked to see all their comedy shows. I'm not saying which ones, but I did have many crushes on his comedy friends. Sexy Um, podcast. Yeah, yeah, that happens. Uh, So I saw it all through college. But then by the time I finished, I started the conservatory uh, the fall after I finished college. Okay. So I took improv for actors at Second City while I was finishing college and then... And you, uh, not to like name drop too much, but you have worked with a lot of people who are now somewhat household names, right? 
Perhaps. <laughs> um, yeah, people are doing really well, which is fun. Um, I mean, I have too, but not near to the extent you have. I mean, I feel like you... Didn't you say your first class was with... Uh, uh, Keegan Michael Key or something like that. Um, Keegan and I actually he um, I did a show called uh, Lord Underwear Face Von, the Big Bad Wolf versus Lord Underwear Face Von Stinker, which was oh, that old classic. Yeah, that old classic. <laughs> uh, you, that you, Shakespeare. It's hard for me to say. I mean, I have trouble saying Cozumel, Cozumel. <laughs> so you can imagine how that is hard for me. Right. Um, but I did that show with Keegan, and then he and I actually went out for Mad TV at the same time. Oh wow! And so he, uh, I've known him since that time. He's super, very, very nice guy. But yeah, so he was in the first thing I did. A lot of people ask me a lot. They say, "When are you gonna be on Saturday Night Live?" So I didn't know that you've actually auditioned for Mad TV. Have yeah. you had other like big auditions for things like that? Um, that's those have been my biggest because I went out twice. They flew me out twice for Mad TV. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, so that's the clo- that's the only time I've had like a big contract in my hand. Yeah. Um, was was fun and exciting. Um, I did. I, I've done. I did a pilot for Nickelodeon. Oh, nice. Done little random things like that. Um, SNL. I've only. I've I've sent in tapes. That's mm-hmm. all I've gotten to do for them, and all little random things. That's cool. Yeah. Is the goal for you to, like, be famous? No. Okay. Um, I There are aspects of it I wouldn't mind. Uh-huh. Um... I, I'm not someone who's like I don't I don't I wouldn't say I don't want it. Sure. Um, there are things I would like to influence and change via fame, but because um, it's all about control. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you have really found no. some <laughs> control, and I'm going through um, professional puberty. Uh, yeah, so I wouldn't mind it, but really, I I, ju- I do just really like working. Uh-huh. Um, I really really love TV and film work. Okay. So if I could start getting consistent TV and film work and keep a career going that way, that would make me very, very happy. Have you done a lot of that stuff? I've done en- enough to know that I really lo- I really love it. Uh-huh. I love being on a set. I love the process. I love how it all comes together. And I really like watching TV and movies. Um, so I think that's part of it, too. Like, it's always been magic to me. Have you done any, like, uh, movies or TV shows that, like, you've been able to see yourself on TV and go, that was me? Um, not really on TV, no. The pilot that I did didn't get picked up, so that never, I actually never even saw, I never saw oh. a copy of it. I tried to track it down, and I never saw it. Um, I did a movie a couple of years ago called All My Friends Are Funeral Singers. Cool. That went to Sundance. Oh, nice. Um, with this amazingly talented band called Caliphone. Um, and that was a really cool experience. So that's the only time I've really gotten to see something, like, that a lot of other people saw yeah. that I did that was was just a really neat thing. So as someone who wants to be TV and film, uh can you do that in Chicago? That is the that is the question of all questions. <laughs> okay. I mean, if we're going with my puberty analogy, I guess that's the question of you know, who what what click are you going to go with or I don't know, what choices you're going to make. I I think in some ways you can. I mean, it's it's hot or cold. Um, I mean, I know people who are on like Boss and Chicago Fire, but I feel like unless you get a recurring role on one of one of the, like the three TV shows, yeah. that it'd be I, it seems difficult to me. I've I've done almost any of it, but I think it is difficult. I do, um, especially for TV. Yeah, I, I think my hope is that enough things come through or cast out of Chicago that I would 
know when it was time to move to either New York or L.A. Okay. That something would sort of indicate, like, oh, this might happen or this will happen or whatever that, you know, people cast out of Chicago for TV and movies. Oh, absolutely, yeah. So it's just, I guess, I'm hoping that, you know, that would be enough. Something would make it clear. Yeah. Uh, So basically you're kind of waiting on... Not waiting passively, but like you're looking for that sign to move out that you're, you don't want to move out on spec. Right. Okay. Right now, I don't. And I feel like I have enough coals in the fire. Is that the right? It's good. Tim- it is now. Timber. I have timber. enough timber in the fire. Timber. I have enough Justin sticks in the campfire. In the fire. <laughs> I have enough Justin Timberlake. Yep. You have four minutes to save the world. <laughs> I, I I have enough embers in the fire starter yep um it's a good movie <laughs> that i am i feel good about having enough going on in chicago for a while nice yeah so i would never say i would i i'll never say never i might sure. someday just say la here i come yeah but well, right now hard, i'm waiting it, for something to indicate that what i don't think a lot of people understand is that it's hard to give up chicago for a lot of people because we can make a living mm-hmm. not necessarily doing tv and film every once in a while but like we have these steady mm-hmm. gigs you know with second city and other theaters yep what other theaters do you still work for other places i do randomly um i you know i do stuff at io mm-hmm. um i play armando when i can which is fun and i um my friend dana Curcioli and i did a show uh Actually, it was Dana's baby all around called That's the Gig, which was a we wrote a sitcom and then staged it live every week. So we wrote a new half hour sitcom every week. And oh, did, wow. I think we did a nine week run of that. Did it have like a through line from mm-hmm. beginning to end? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's nice. Um, yeah, that was all Dana's baby. And she got a great group of people together and we were able to put that up. That was at I.O. Mm-hmm. Um, I love doing stuff with the annoyance. I want to do more there. That's going to be something I really want to try and do more of when I get back. Nice. The things I've done there have always been some of my favorites. So, um, have you auditioned for or done like non comedy theater? Like tried Steppenwolf or any of that stuff? I did. Uh, in my going through my puberty, <laughs> um, last year I started because I really love. I actually computer glitch. So you were saying that you love legitimate theater as well. I do. Yes. Uh, so have you have you done it? Um, I, I started to sort of go back into that world, um, which I did study some of that in college and mm. a lot of it in high school and things like that. So I, I, I was ec- equity from my work at Second City. Oh, great. Um, so I thought, well, I would the like... The Actors' to- Union. In yes, case the Actors' know. Union. So I, I decided to try and take advantage of that. And so I took a, an acting class um, at a place in Chicago um, with the casting director of the Goodman Theater. Oh, uh um, yeah, I know. Adam uh, Bellator. Adam. Yes, yeah. yes. And he was amazing. He's great. He p- definitely put me in my place of, you know, this is a new world and I have a lot of work to do if this is the world Did I want Did you guys in. sing the duet from Aladdin? No. It was a whole new world? <laughs> we should have. Did <laughs> He took me to it. Not that kind of whole new world. Well, Not a romantic whole new world. I don't know. He's a, a good looking guy. Bonk me on the head with a baseball bat and say, get real kind of whole new world. That's romance in some <laughs> cultures. It, well, yeah, right. Um, it, it definitely. So I started and I did all the generals last year. Okay. I did like good Like general auditions. Yeah. 
Great. The equity generals. Because you're being equity, like you don't have to get invited. You just can show up. Right? Yeah, I can get appointments, That's equity awesome. appointments. Nice. It is, however, I've learned that it's it's actually hard because most people that are equity in Chicago have gotten their equity card through doing work at local Chicago theaters. Uh-huh. So they're known and they've worked in those circles and and coming from Second City, we're in a weird spot when we're equity because we're they like don't the know us. We're like the redheaded stepchild yeah. of theater. Yeah, they yeah. don't know us, and they and you know, and not everyone at Second City has the same types of experiences and things like that. And um, so it it was great. I don't know that I'll keep pursuing that because it's mm-hmm. starting over for sure in a way that I'm not sure I want to. Is there not an advantage to being the fresh face of like, wow, this girl's equity, we've never seen her before? I thought maybe, but I don't think that's true. Didn't feel I it? think that was kind of wishful thinking. I okay. think that that's, and I just know that I, I have work to do to get to a place where maybe that would be beneficial. Yeah. And, and not that I'm afraid of that work. That work sounds really fun, but it's also... I don't know. We do such a special thing with sketch comedy and improv. Yeah. That that I, it's almost like working really hard to do something that I don't think that I would love as much as I love. And when it comes to live theater, I think I love what I've gotten to do the most. Right. So if I'm going to delve into drama and things like that, I think I would rather do it in TV and film. Sure. If that makes sense. Yeah. It's like, why well, learn to skateboard when you really want to learn to drive a car or something? Yeah. And I there's so many different things that go into that world and it's intriguing and I respect the work that everyone does in, in that world so much. I think I just, I've enjoyed being able to make my own material a part of it, mm-hmm. make my own choices more a part of it in a way that improv and sketch has allowed that I would miss. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's interesting. The, the, cause it's like, even if you were like to just get off the ship and go immediately get a Steppenwolf job, you wouldn't necessarily be making great money. You'd have a huge credit. You'd probably have a great time. But like as far as the TV and film would probably pay significantly more than spending all your time trying to get because even the top theater people in Chicago right. aren't. They're I mean they're doing okay. Right. It'd be a similar place to where I am now. Yeah. yeah. More of a lateral move. Almost. Yes. Yeah. That's an interesting way to think about it. But yeah, that's absolutely true. Yeah. Yeah. So, so as uh, one who wants to do um, TV and film, like, I feel like I've known a lot of people in the past few years shoot their own pilots, mm-hmm. you know, and just get their friends together and write something. Is that something that you are wanting to do? Yeah. And I, um, I wrote a short film mm-hmm. um, that we made uh, this year. It's just a 10 minute long short film. Oh, um, cool. I made it with uh, a wonderfully talented guy named Tanner Tannenbaum and uh, CJ Ariano who works at Second City uh, he directed and produced and then the three of us produced it um, and Tanner and I acted in it and then we had other wonderful people helped too Adam Orton who works at Second City mm-hmm. um, a bunch of people so we made it and then we're working on a whole bunch of post-production stuff to, to try and submit it to film festivals for next year oh great so yeah so projects like that are definitely becoming a bigger part of my plan yeah. And it's, it was um, one of the most amazing things ever to write something and then see it come to life and see other people get excited about it and and get on board with that dream has been fulfilling in a way that I love. Well, it's different because it's like, even though you have written sketch shows, once you're off the stage, it's done. When mm-hmm. you write this, it's like, no, I can show this to people. It still lives. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a and it's so much goes into making a film, yeah. and I've you know I've known that in a way, but being on the other side helping produce has definitely made me realize like oh my gosh there's so much <laughs> there's so many things that go into it and seeing how you know um, CJ works and things like that has has really been great and eye opening. I was like oh yeah that's cool, so I'll definitely be trying to do more of that over the next year too. Is there a way? as a Chicago actor that you know of to get yourself in front of more film directors and casting directors and things like that? Because, I mean, obviously, you have an agent, they call you, you go to the audition, yeah. but, I mean, is there a way to, I don't know, help that process, you know, sending tapes out or something to that nature? I, I, I think so. You know, I think it's it's all about momentum. That's what I think. So you, you make things happen, and then things happen. <laughs> Other things yeah. happen. Um, I did make a reel this year. Like, I'm starting to do things like that. A reel, which in case people, I don't know. Like a video know. reel. Yeah, yeah. Of your like, stuff. Yeah, clips of, of things I've done. Uh, I made that and sent it out. It didn't really seem to get me. People were not knocking down the door yet. But I am also on the ship. So maybe they're knocking, and I'm not, I'm not there. Well, yeah. It'd be hard to knock all the way. Out here, we're in the Caribbean. I mean, we have doors. We do have doors that people could knock on. I just don't think that people can reach through the ocean. That's true, but I want someone to appear at my little porthole. I'm pretty sure... That would scare the hell out of me. Paul Rudd is going to knock on my porthole and be like... Is he your man in uh, Hollywood? I I think he and I could do some good work. Oh, uh, yeah. (laughs) And maybe make a movie. Yes, and make a movie. All right. I see what we're going at. Is he one of your brother's friends? No. (laughs) He's not one of the crushes that drew me into this world. I did it all for the boys, Rich. Well, I can't blame you. I mean, there's some pretty boys out there. There are. Funny pretty boys. What is the worst civilian job you ever had to have? Oh, boy. I've had a lot. Um, not a lot of bad ones, but just a lot of Did random Did you ever jobs. have a job that was more like a career, or were they more like the California Pizza Kitchen type? Um, both. Okay. So, I don't One job I had was I was a parking valet at Children's Memorial Hospital. Nice. Yeah, so one thing about that is, first of all, it's a children's hospital. People are really in a rough spot when you're parking their cars. Especially the children shouldn't be driving in the first place. They should. That's why I had to step in. (laughs) Um, So it's a job that really depends on tips. But then, and you know, if anyone's worked in the service industry, even if you try to be a really understanding person, when you don't get tips, it's frustrating. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But when you're... Uh, working at a children's hospital and you get mad if you don't get a tip that's really bad for your like frame of mind because you don't want to be mad at parents who are going through a terrible time yeah so that was that was tricky but I actually loved it I worked with a bunch of uh, guys from Bulgaria and they were awesome (laughs) and they taught me to count in Bulgarian um so that was an interesting I didn't know how to drive a stick at that point I do now oh wow did, so, you, did you lie about that to get the job no I had an inside connection to get the job uh, okay. a family connection um but I did get some resentment when I would have to give up a car because it was a stick and I'd be like someone else needs to take this one <laughs> yeah so and then I had um a couple times when I tried more like professional jobs I was a librarian at um Oh, wow. A school in Chicago, a Catholic school, Francis Xavier Ward School. Uh-huh. Um, and I thought that it was a really wonderful job. So was your job just burning books on their banned list the whole time? <laughs> yes. And telling them no not to use Harry birth Potter. control. <laughs> 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 uh, 
Um, no, they were actually a very, you know, I'm not a religious person and I have my issues with religious doctrine, but they were pretty more liberal than I'm guessing some are. Yeah. Um, but then a few months in, it started getting in the way of getting in the way of auditioning. And um, I think I was, I believe if my, my timeline gets screwy, that's what happens when you get in your thirties, <laughs> your timeline gets screwy. <laughs> I don't know my timeline, but I think I was starting to really sense that I might start touring with Second City soon. Mm. And I was having, I think I was, maybe I was understudying and I was, I had to be able to say yes. I don't remember, but something made it impossible for me to keep being a good librarian. Well. So I gave the job to my friend Andrea. Oh. I'm a schemer too, Rich. And yeah. I, I schemed and basically forced them to hire my friend to replace it me. It all goes back to control. It does. You're right. I I think I've defined you. <laughs> it might be true. It is kind of or true. Or have you controlled me to, to say, say this? That. Oh, man. You'll I'm never a, know. I'm in a backwards loop. <laughs> uh, 15-year-old kid says, I want to be an actor. Mm -hmm. What do you tell him? Oh, gosh. This is part of the puberty thing, too. I mean, because it's different now. You know, people always, I don't know if you heard this in your journey, but I'm my high school theater teacher. I remember specifically saying it and like people always saying, do something else. If you can do something else, do Absolutely. it. Absolutely. And part of me always understood that. And that was why I tried so hard in college to be like, I'm not doing it for these reasons. Yeah. Um, but I, I really do kind of believe in that idea at this point. So I understand why they say it. Yeah. It, it is a really hard path. It's, <laughs> I'm getting there too. <laughs> yeah, and so now I don't feel like I would be like, if you want it, go for it. I have issues with people who are like, you can achieve anything if you just believe, because it's not true. It's yeah. not true. Like you, you, I cannot play professional baseball. I want it so bad. <laughs> I've wanted it since I was four years old. I've wanted to be a professional baseball player, and I won't, no matter how much I dream about it. So I, I don't like... And a 15-year-old kid might not have the talent to be an actor. They might not have the perseverance and the ambition and the things that you need to make an okay go at it. So, I don't know. It depends on the person. Yeah. I, I guess I would say, you know, I mean, what's happened with me and, and I'm guessing you and a lot of people we know is you we, we kind of don't have a choice. Like, if I think about not doing this, I, I, I can't think of – it doesn't work. My brain won't yeah. compute. Yeah. So I feel like that kid will find that no matter what I tell him. I don't feel the need to be like, you know, I'm not going to be your fairy improv godmother. Like, man, I'm figuring this out as I'm talking right now. <laughs> I'm a great teacher. Don't do this. It will never work. <laughs> <laughs> um, if, and, and going on the, along those lines, if... In a terrible world, mm -hmm. if tomorrow for some magical spell was cast on a planet and you can no longer make money mm -hmm. in movies, TV, film, mm -hmm. singing, juggling, anything in the creative arts. What? No one's going to pay me to juggle. Well, I don't, I've never seen you juggle. Well, I can juggle. Okay. Aside from your juggling, which was the last thing that the computer Well, heard. we can explain what's happening because I have a confession to make. There is a cadence in my voice that speaks to electronic things. Are you controlling my computer? Well, it does keep pausing, and oftentimes when I'm leaving messages for people, there's some note or something I hit in my voice that sends a numerical value to the system. Megan Hovde, are you a warlock? <laughs> or a terminator, I'm not sure which. Uh, all right, fair. <laughs> Is there a job in the non-creative world, if you had to do it, mm -hmm. that you could do? 
There are there are many that I'm I mean, not that you in. could do, but I that mean I would, that you would be like, okay, this is what I'd choose. Yeah, there are many. I mean, really, I do have a lot of interest, and I feel like if if I had to, I in that case, yeah, I could. And you know, I I love animals. People know this about me, so I think something in that field, I you know, I'm I still have an interest in being a lawyer, perhaps if if if. I could make myself make that time commitment um, so that I could Maybe fight Maybe you could be for... an animal lawyer. Well, <laughs> like like an animal uh, medium psychic. Um, oh. No, but really that is actually what I would want to do. I would oh, want to cool. be able to fight for animals within this crazy system we have. Nice. Um, so that's one thing I, I would definitely be. I, a teacher, um, a seventh grade teacher, seventh grade social studies teacher. Specif- that's specific. Yeah. Yes, it is. I have learned because I've worked with kids a lot over the years. Seventh that grade is your jam. They, that's my that's my age. That's the age I connect to because I'm still taller than most of them. Well, some. <laughs> Not all. It is true. They are they I don't have to prove myself as an adult to them. Yeah. You get much older than that, and I seem to have to prove that I'm an adult, and yeah. I don't have time for that, Rich. Because what proof do you have? I mean, I don't. I mean, so I waste all what you. Who can prove they're an adult? I can't. So seventh grade is good. All right. Yeah. So those those two things probably are the most realistic things that I would that I would consider going into. Hmm. Um, but I get excited about a lot of things. That's cool. Yeah. Anything you want to plug? You got internet videos out there. You get a website, something like that. Oh, God. Thank you for making me feel inadequate. Well, I... This is that question I don't want you to ask. Oh. No, not really. Um, Well, watch out for this short film. I think um, we'll be making a website for it. We don't as of yet. Okay, well, what's the film called? Uh, That's great. It's called Neighbors right now. Neighbors. um, But that's a working title. Great. Um... Become friends with Tander Tannenbaum or CJ Ariano on Facebook. Uh-huh. Um, I hope it's okay to push someone else's Facebook because I'm not on Facebook. Anymore. I don't know these people. It's fine with me. Um, watch for We're going to do a screening probably early uh, spring of next year. In as, Chicago? Yeah. Great. Um, God, Google. Just, you know, Google me. Megan Huff, D-H-O-V-D-E. People can see what comes up when they Google me. And uh, <laughs> that's, that's a good plug. Yeah. And if you're on the Norwegian Star from now till January, you can come see Second City. You can, but we cannot tell you when because we seem to keep getting our show schedule changed. That's true, but if they take the cruise, they don't have anywhere else to go. Well, they have the Lions Pub. Well, that's true. Awesome. Uh, Megan, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. Right. Megan's living the dream. Huge thank you to Phil Ranta, CEO of the Comedy Podcast Network. The artwork's by Tom Burns. The music's by Diana Lawrence. Email me, livingthedreampodcast at gmail.com. Go to facebook.com slash livingthedreampodcast and become a fan. Please take a minute to rate the show on iTunes if you have a chance or leave a comment. I appreciate it a lot. Next week, I speak with professional piano player Mark Nellia. My name is Rich Baker, and this is Living the Dream. <laughs>